Hey there, hi there, hello there, welcome once again to another exciting episode of Disney Compendium Volume 27, Disney Goes Corporate, <laughs> Oliver and Company. <laughs> Disney Sells Out Edition. Uh, I am your host as usual, JJ, and over there, uh, wielder of the gauntlet himself, my co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Great, JJ. I am inevitable, <laughs> but I'm excited and also curious as to why we're talking about Three's company this evening. But uh, I, I was kind of, you know, I, you know, once the Robers left, it kind of went downhill. But I like Mister Furley. Okay, <laughs> Chris, hey, what are you doing over there? Nineteen eighty-eight. Is when Oliver and Company came out. Oh, November, right. November nah. of '88. Uh, yeah, sure, sure did. Uptown girl. <laughs> uh, this, uh, uh, corporate tie-in movie. Yeah, no, this is the first time Disney ever had licensed like products in their movie. There's like. You see Coke and GMC and USA Today and all sorts of stuff. And writer vans like, and yeah, like th- th- this is this is it's the eight, it's the late eighties. This is corporate, you know, Disney is full on corporate America now. So yes, it is. Not it only is. Di- not only were they promoting in the movie, they were promoting outside of the movie with this one too. This is the first big movie with like a. Uh, push for merchandising and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I, I want to say the... We'll get to it, but just the kind of for my own uh, gratification, I think the first original Disney movie to have a Happy Meal line? Like, or, or, would, or the first... Like, its first, first run. Yeah, during its first run. During yeah, its first absolutely. run, yeah. Because most of the stuff was like re-releases and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, later on, but... Um... All right, so Sir Limit, Sir Lawrence Olivier and Company. <laughs> he was drunk the whole time, apparently. Oliver, yeah. Oliver and Company, which obviously, uh, if you haven't seen it, is a, a adaption of Oliver Twist set in quote end quote modern New York City. It's New York City is of 1988, so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's the you know you hit all of the key. New York City of the '80s elements of it's very busy and everyone's angry, yeah, uh, and loud, <laughs> so, and loud. So um, over here, this yeah. guy, yeah, November of '88, uh, very short movie. I was kind of surprised by how yeah, short it was. It was short. It was uh, seventy-three was minutes. It was about like seventy minutes if you take out the credits. So I yeah, I didn't see the credits. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, there was no there was no ending credits sequence to tease uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. They, yeah. find, they find they find Tritons like uh, <laughs> Tritons. Yeah, under the yeah. Sorry, we found it. Yeah, uh, a, a a a staggering budget of thirty one million dollars, which I can only assume is cast alone, like. <laughs> I mean, considering I, considering the last movie was half this budget, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, let, let's just run down the cast real quick. Because sure, let's do that. Quick and easy. So all of the Oliver 
is a very young Joey Lawrence. Fresh off different strokes, or I think, or silver spoons or something. Like that. No, uh, give me a break. Yeah, there you go. He was like, give me a break as a kid. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy Joel is Dodger. The piano man. Yes, yeah, the piano man himself. Not just happen, not just happens to be named uh, Billy Joel. Really, it's the actual Billy Joel that you're thinking of. Cheech Martin, Cheech, Cheech Martin, huh? Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin. <laughs> As Tito, uh, the little Chihuahua. Um, Richard Mul- Mulligan, who we know from uh, Soap and Empty Nest fame. Yes. Is uh, a great day named Einstein. Roscoe Lee Brown, uh, who is uh, the bulldog of the gang, who has uh, been in a, a bunch of stuff. Um, African-American actor who liked not playing African-American roles. Like, he didn't want to play stereotypes. So you see him doing a lot of that non-stereotype stuff. He was notably for our generation, Kingpin, in yes. the Spider-Man 90s cartoon, and he was the narrator for Babe. Yeah, Roscoe Lee Brown. Uh, pretty, I think he was picked for this role because he has a very erudite sounding voice. Yes, like he just sounds like oh, he's yes, great voice, Roscoe Lee Brown. Uh, the uh, the uh, the female dog of the gang is Cheryl Lee Ralph, who um, to, mo- to most of us isn't anybody in particular, but in the eighties she was sort of the star of the Broadway musical Dreamgirls. The original Dream Girls. Uh, the original Dream Girls. Uh, Fagin here is Dom DeLuise, um, a voice that does not look like that character. No. <laughs> it's very Uh-oh. it's very off-putting the entire time. So, uh, like, yeah. You during have, this period, yeah. Dom DeLuise is also doing a lot of animation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, yeah, you got a lot of stuff. Dom DeLuise in it at this point. Um, Robert Loggia as the villain. Robert Bill, Loggia is the villain, Bill Sykes, who uh, just doing a Robert Loggia voice the entire time. Like he's, you recognize president like to know what you're doing. Yeah, when he starts talking, you recognize him. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Robert Loggia. Like it was uh, like like you hear Billy Joel talking. You're still like, is that Billy? That's that Billy Joel's talking voice? <laughs> like, turns like, out, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cheech Marin and Robert Lozier are the ones that you recognize right away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the high society dog, uh, Georgette, is uh, Bette Midler. Bette Midler, so, yep. And, uh, yeah, so massive, massive cast. Uh, so like I said, I assume that's where all the money goes. And it would have to be. <laughs> yeah, because it, it certainly isn't on the screen. And this is probably their first, like, full or musical in a while like yeah it's like it is a musical it's <laughs> there's multiple it numbers music, so it, yeah, it starts off with music jump. and there's characters break into song at a couple occasions and uh, well, you, you have to when you hire bet midler and uh billy joel in your uh movie they're gonna sing <laughs> so well, Yes, but here's the confusing thing to me. Billy Joel and Bette Miller only sing one song apiece. Yeah. That's it. Yep. They sing one song. Yep. There's sort of... The the casting for this is weird because um, they, they like went out of their way to get like people famously associated with New York 
Yes. So like, like, so it's like, so, you know, you want a celebrity voice. Billy Joel is super New York. So we'll get, and Bette Midler is like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, Broadway stuff and things like right. that, that Bette Midler is really known for. Same um, for Shirley Ralph and Roscoe yeah, Brown. Who Roscoe did Brown. Yeah. be doing theater uh cheech marin is the outlier of that since like he like it's both like he's like an la guy but also you know hispanic origin so it's like neither not really i think he was supposed to be like a puerto rican character yeah i guess but, it's, but he's a chihuahua if that was the case i know figured out something different well, I- <laughs> keep keep in mind, Pat Marina played the Emperor of China <laughs> later later on. So, Disney yeah. don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So th- there you go. That's that's really why you have the cast the way it is because it's 1988, and these were like, who are who are some inoffensive New York people that we could get into this thing? And yet, I was still offended by this movie. <laughs> How about you get how about you get us underway with the plot here, Nick? Alright, so uh, we do a zoom in and we get Oliver Company. It looks like a like an eighteen eighty sitcom. It starts up like the music playing, it feels like you're about to go into full house. Yeah. Like like East Coast Full House. Like yep. um, if oh if um so to some people seeing the World Trade Center is a little like upsetting still to this day. If that's something right. that upsets you do not watch this movie because it is in the skyline constantly. It's there. You see them, you see them several times throughout this uh, movie. So you know how was Disney to know? Yeah. yeah. So, but sometimes people, you know, I, I understand people, especially people who are affected by it yeah. severely when they see films and stuff like that. It's it, it, it bothers them. So yeah, it, something it, to it, take it, into something to take into account when if you're trying to go back and watch any of these movies with us. Which, which is sad because I can't see the episode of Symptoms where Homer drinks the crab juice anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so we get uh, our open, well, we get our first song in the movie. Uh, it's Huey Lewis just phoning it in. Yeah, just yeah. Sing, singing about New York City. What's part time New York City? Yeah, it, you, we're only like we're only a very recently from back to the future so to have him just go like from back to the future to disney movie being like man new york yeah <laughs> the heart of rock and roll is well it's it's kind of beating it's on life um, support <laughs> it's life support yeah. uh so then we get a shot of like oliver in a box of kittens five bucks a piece by the way which is like what yeah, 1988. Five bucks a piece. Doesn't seem to be anybody manning the box, so it's yeah. on the honor system in 80s New York. Yeah. <laughs> so. And somebody you... does come. Somebody does come back to the box and mark it from five dollars to free at some point. So. It's like why just put free to begin with? Yeah, but... I don't. So all the kittens get adopted. Like one except by one, for, except for Oliver, all. and it makes no sense why Oliver wouldn't be an adopt. Like, because it's not like, like if in order for that to make sense, it would be like he's a black cat or something. Yeah, you know, something with like, he's just a cute little orange kitty. There's nothing. He doesn't have a bad leg. He doesn't no. have some sort of. It's not like Finding Nemo where he's got a bad fin or something. Or you know, like I said, like a black cat where there's like inherently considered bad luck or whatever. He's just a cute little Garfield colored cat. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, this is like this movie really tries to evoke emotion from you in the cheapest way possible, and yeah. this is the example of that right off the bat. Like it's raining and he's there by himself and he's cold and yeah. the box floods eventually breaks and Oliver has to find shelter in the alleyway yeah. and these big scary dogs chasing these little tiny thing. He's scared. Yeah. The next day he crawls up in a wheel well and is in this big truck. And so it's like this whole thing where like, look, look, don't you feel bad for this kitten? Like, yes, I do. Yes, I but do. But like, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. You know, it's one of those things where like, it's, you know, it's Oliver Twist. I get it. He has to be an yeah. orphan, but I feel like he could come across it a little more earnestly or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because again, it, it makes no sense that like this cat that stood out was very visually different than every other yeah. cat. Like, but not in like a negative way. It's a bright orange cat. People like that like, orange cats. I mean, like there's a reason why Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> It's Garfield. Like, you know, there's a visual striking with it. Is this Disney's way of just, like, take that, Garfield? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, all uh, oh, these cats, oh, I don't know. I, I, I like cats free now, but he probably hates Mondays, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't be having this. I can't be making lasagna all the time. All the time. <laughs> I can't I be making this cat a full course breakfast constantly. Yeah, I have things to do. This is 1988 New York City. I yeah. have places to go, people to yeah. yell at. I, I, you know how many times a day I have to yell, I'm walking here? Yeah. <laughs> I have to go sexually harass my female veterinarian. So I can't, can't be cooking for this cat all the time. So, so uh, now we're introduced to uh, Billy Joel. Billy, dog. Billy Joel just <laughs> turning the New York up to 15 here. A, a Dodger dog who, who, who would you say is the worst Dodger dog? This Dodger dog or actual Dodger dog? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Dodger so dogs are made from 100% all beef uh, Farmer John uh, sausage, so <laughs> I will not have you be smirched the name of Dodger dog. I knew that would get you. <laughs> JJ Dodger is like a less good version of Cooler from Pound Puppies. Yep. <laughs> That's what he is. He's like, look, he's got shades in a bandana. Yeah. That's how you know he's cool. I love that he just inexplicably gets shades on from time to time. They yeah. never animate how he puts those shades on. It just happens. They'll just yeah. cut to him and he'll be wearing shades and you're like, okay. Or they'll fly off a human character onto his face. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It's a very lucky. Uh, they spend a lot of time making these characters not seem like a, a gang of thieves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they. So, yeah, Dodger. He's then he like oh he, he sees Oliver, coerces him into helping him steal hot dogs from New York man with the worst haircut ever. Yep. His name is Louie. As, Louis! Voiced, as as voiced by Megatron himself. Which, as JJ and I discussed before, if this guy had just been full on Megatron voice, I've been like so much happier. <laughs> Star scream, you idiots, bring back my hot dogs. <laughs> uh so Dodger pulls like a just a great move and goes, Hey, you know what? I tricked you, and these are my hot dogs. And yeah. why? 
Yeah, and then just yeah, just poofs it out of there with yeah. the hot dogs that Oliver helped him acquire. Um, the hot dogs that are just connected like a necklace. Yeah, just the old school style chain link sausages yeah. kind of thing, like like the Ninja Turtles would take and use as nunchucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've never <laughs> seen those. I mean, like, I've for, s- for hot dogs, I've seen them for sausages. But yeah, but like not dogs. hot dogs. It's your typical hot dog. Of course, also I've never been to New York, so who knows? It's all me either, but. It's all- Wild West over there for all I know. I just see, like just people who yell and there's hot dogs and links and Jason just walking around throwing people in toxic waste and it's totally cool. Yeah, it's just constant like yeah, it's just all bodegas filled with uh, newspapers and soft pretzels and stuff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. but uh, um, yeah. So now we meet the gang. With all of the aforementioned yeah. characters you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> quick name them all without looking, JJ. <laughs> Einstein was the dumb one. Francis yeah. was the bulldog. Yep. Tito was the chihuahua. Mm-hmm. I do not remember the woman's name. Roxy. So, Roxy. I is it? Do you know? I think it's Roxy. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Let's see if I can find it now. Oh. You were wrong. You're close. What is it? Rita. Oh, huh? you know what sucks about that? That's my <laughs> wife's name. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be thrilled. <laughs> eh, it's fine. It, yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, they're like, hey, man, what's this cat doing here? Yeah, because for first, Dodger gets in there with, like, because they're hungry and they don't have anything, and all they've stolen is, you know, garbage. Uh, and so here comes Dodger with the hot dogs, and he's getting ready to tell his story about how he got the sausages and how he had to fight off a big monstrous animal for him and everything. And then here comes a little kitten that's made his way, followed Dodger all the way there. Uh, um. So, JJ, let's real quick. Okay. So, we talk about how Roscoe Lee Brown is not a. He typically avoids caricatures of his race. Yes. Um, uh, she just leans the into hand. it. She's on the other hand, that's all that, that's all he wants to do. Seems like. Uh, <laughs> like she just like you know what? Let's just let's just go for it. Yeah. He's got the bandana. He's got the boombox. Yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he's just doing some dancing the entire time yeah. it's just like yeah he's leaning hard he next, looks like the, some stereotypes he's dressed like the badass chick from aliens <laughs> yep yep <laughs> that's her um so, so yeah yeah so so, you, so we're introduced to all the dogs they they immediately take a shining to oliver because you know he followed him there like and dodger was Dodger tries to play it cool, but everyone's dunking on him instantly. But he's still trying to play it cool while watching baseball or whatever. Yeah, uh, he's like, I'm watching the game. What? Wearing shades, by the way. Wearing shades in indoors, but I'm, I'm I'm I don't know what this indoors is because it seems to be both a sewer and under the docks. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like what? And also, why is he wearing shades inside? Like is he marrying Corbretti? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna cut pizza with a knife. Cut pizza with a knife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, JJ, are we supposed to not like Dodger? 
I, I mean, I, I technically, I mean, I think so because, like, in Oliver Twist, like, you recognize that the Oliver Artful Dodger is a jerk. Yeah, the Artful Dodger is a jerk, and and in this one, Dodger is a jerk. <laughs> because if that was the uh, the intended outcome, mission accomplished. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and then we're eventually uh, introduced to Fagin. Uh, yeah. I hate saying that name every time I have to say it. I hate it. Just know that. <laughs> it's it, it's uh, pretty much a homeless guy. Yeah, just like your voice by Dom DeLuise. So yeah, it's just, just really waif- Yeah, this wafy, scrawny homeless man, and like. He looks like he he looks like one of the goons from Hundred One Dalmatians. He absolutely does. Uh, but voiced by Dom DeLuise, he's just like I, this, every time he talked, I'm like, this isn't the voice. This no, is, like, it's the wrong voice. Like the voice, like Billy Joel probably would have been a better choice for this character. Than yeah. Dom DeLuise like- is switch them. Put Dom DeLuise as Dodger. Billy Joel and Fagin. <laughs> Because he doesn't have a song, so. <laughs> but I mean, he's just full dumb. He's like, oh, oh, jeez, yeah, oh like, gosh. Like they even like he's even animated like Dom DeLuise, like doing the a, a lot of the anxiety acting that Dom DeLuise is known for. You know, <laughs> so. like if you want to see like a, a, a character that looks like Dom DeLuise, uh, the cat from uh, American Tale or Follow yeah. Those West or. Yeah. Hell, even the dog from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's that's where I was gonna say, like, like he matches up with his character design in All Dogs Go to Heaven much closer yeah. than, than this movie. It's it's this... off putting. It's like it's bad casting uh, for this role. Like, not because he sucks at it, but just because like the, yeah, design and voice just don't line up. No, um, he's great. He's great at it. If they made the character look different, then it probably yeah. worked. But I get, like, if you made the character look like Dom DeLuise, you're like, this guy's not homeless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, like, okay, so take the hot dog guy and make him look like the homeless, like, make make the homeless guy look like the hot dog guy. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Or, or make yeah. Frank Walker be the hobo. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, now we're introduced to uh, Robert Loggia. Uh, yep. With it, first his Dobermans make an appearance. Uh, uh, Dobermans, I got. I don't know who does who does voices of. Those I, I looked him up. Uh, not, not a lot of significant, like n- n- nothing worth. Okay. Pointing out. Um, but yeah, but like Doberman. street tough sounding Doberman. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- and they're in there and they're just sort of leading, uh, wrangling his pets while. Uh, Fagin goes to meet Sykes. Um, I am unclear. Like Sykes is clearly a very rich loan shark, but when you get to, like his office later, it's like is it is it like in a like a old grungy warehouse? Like what is? I don't it? know. You'd think he would have like something nice, but no. No, <laughs> it's it's like his his headquarters is like the energy zone from Contra. Yeah, it's yeah. And he, by the way, he's he's this rich like loan shark guy. Yeah, but he has zero lackeys except for his dogs. Yeah, his yeah, it's him and his dogs. There's no like bumbling servant or no. anything. It's like him and his dogs, 
as he's just walking around talking like Robert Loggia. <laughs> Drink some orange juice. It's like, what if the kingpin was like low level? <laughs> yeah. Like, because uh, he has what? that, he's got that bulky build too. But yeah, so this is where we sort of learn about like so Fagan's in the debt to Sykes. You know, it's it's he, you know, it's why Fagan is a you know thief and stuff. You know, he owes money to Sykes and got all this stuff going on. So it's you know it's Oliver Twist. I mean, <laughs> we he, should all know Oliver Twist by now. <laughs> he lists his animals to do. I don't know what they do. Like do they run cons. They steal. Doesn't really clarify. Like, it seems like, it certainly seems like it's a combination of both. Because, like, okay. Tito got the wa- got that wallet. <laughs> so, oh, like, right. So, and, and there's a bunch of stuff, you know, shoes and things. Because they're, they're dogs. They don't know what has value. <laughs> and he's not, no. going out, he's not going out with them and pointing out the things that are like, okay, now, you see, see what this, like, at least Tito realized that a wallet is something that has inherent value in a sense. So he got right. the wallet. I mean, there was nothing. There's no money in the wallet. There was no credit cards or anything in the wallet, so it didn't mean anything in the end. But at least he understood the basic concept of what he needs to be taking. <laughs> and he's not teaching like, oh, this is a fake watch and this is a real one. Yeah, and he's it's got like, that arm. He's got that arm full of like four watches, like every. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, this is where uh, he gets his ultimatum basically you have three days to pay off my debt to uh, pay off your debt or you know it's a disney movie so he doesn't say or else i'll kill you but it's or else I'll ki- i'm killing you <laughs> well i mean he no but later on you do hear sykes talking about giving some guys some uh cement shoes yeah so it's like yeah. eh, all right so you know what kind of guy sykes is yeah uh the Dobermans find, or one of the Dobermans finds Oliver hidden in the hideout. And Oliver reels back and gives him a big old scratch on the nose. Um, then they, they they bolt out of there after uh, they get called back and Fagin's on his... Fagin, he almost dies. He falls off that pier, or mm. whatever the heck it is. But... Uh, uh, he recognizes that one of the dogs had a scratch on the nose. Like, who scratched the... Roscoe, I think, or one of those. I know one of them was named Roscoe, and I do not remember what the second dog was. I don't either. Um, and so then they all say it was Oliver. He's like, well, all right, never had a cat before, so <laughs> welcome to the family. And then he gives them dog biscuits? They give him dog biscuits to cheer him yeah. up. So, yeah. And it worked, so. <laughs> He's a homeless guy. He doesn't, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> They could have shared. Uh, they could have saved a hot dog for him, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I do you really want like street hot dogs from? Again, I get it. He's homeless. He's still a person, though. Yeah, eating dog biscuits. I would rather have <laughs> like a hot dog than a dog biscuit. I, I I would probably rather have the dog biscuit than like drag through <laughs> New York in nineteen eighties. <laughs> Hot yeah, dog, the steaming manhole covers. Yeah, I'll I'll take the dog biscuit, thanks. <laughs> do, you, do you really think those dog biscuits are just sitting in a box somewhere in this weird sewer pier boathouse that they live in? With look, it's plausible deniability. <laughs> Especially my dog, like, hey, here's a hot dog. Like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Thanks. 
It's a, is his, and his, his chair is, is it an airplane seat or a bus seat? What is that chair that he has? Because it has like the, because it, like it's kind of laid out like an airplane seat where it just has like the recline and return button. So yeah. it's, it's like, what? I don't know what it is. It just obviously is that he, he just like, hey, this looks like this, here's some trash. But yeah, but, uh, so yeah, so now it's the next day and it's time to make some money. <laughs> yep. And this is where we're introduced to uh what is the girl's name? JJ? Jenny. 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 Uh, who pretty much looks like the girl from Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Yeah. But she's rich. Yeah, but she's rich. That's yeah, not a farm not, not a little farm girl. No. Rich. You never see her parents once. She is just alone. Always with her, with her butler, with her Jarvis, <laughs> who's this bumbling butler guy? Yeah, who has zero control over anything. Uh, <laughs> who loves pro wrestling though? Who loves pro wrestling. So yeah, this is be the one episode where we can't, where we don't make a reference, even though it has actual pro wrestling in it. <laughs> I, I don't know, but here's the thing: I, if if I were her parents and I find out that I wasn't trusting my child to someone, do you think the pro wrestling is real? <laughs> this is 1988, so Vince McMahon has already sort of announced that wrestling's fake. Bro, I was eight years old. I knew it was fixed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just saying, at this point in history, it is it's also guess. part of the public knowledge that it's fake, so it's doubly. <laughs> it's like. Will for will for ignorant to that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, not only that, if you find out your butler, uh, we're gonna fast forward. Spoiler alert: uh, is hanging out in your kitchen, betting on professional wrestling with a homeless guy while you're yeah. not there. Could you? <laughs> First, think of that sentence. Like, take that sentence and yeah. just like hold it up just and look at it. it. <laughs> just really let that sentence sink in. A butler yeah. betting on professional wrestler with a homeless guy. With a homeless guy. <laughs> in your house, in your mansion. Yeah. <laughs> While homeless uh, street dogs are handing your daughter garbage. <laughs> yeah, as gifts. <laughs> so like hold all that up, yeah. like a piece of waterford crystal and look at it. Yeah. Hold it into the light and go, yes. That's just yeah. what this movie is. So yeah, so we get the, the the back to back to present time when their plot line here. You get uh, you get the them trying to I try like figuring out how to steal that much money. Um, Francis uh, pretends to get hit by yeah. the rich by the by the by the limousine. Yeah, Oliver and Tito like like try to like. Get 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 involved in this limousine situation because of uh, course, and of course, Tito, the ethnic sounding dog, has to be the <laughs> one knows how to hotwire. Yeah, holy crud, Disney. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's 1988. You know, I don't. I. It's still not okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not okay. It's not okay. This is. Uh, it's 1988. You should be past this. Yeah. <laughs> But nope. But here we um, are. But uh, yeah, so it backfires stupendously uh, for them because, uh, like Oliver, 
like slips on like starts the car and and electrocutes the hell out of Tito. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like whoo. Uh and then Jenny helps Oliver get out of the wires and then just takes him home. <laughs> I found a cat. Yeah, this cat is here. It's mine now. Uh, yeah. Um so yeah, they bring the cat home. Uh that's when we're introduced to Bette Midler via song. Uh, yeah. Like a a huge number. Mm-hmm. Uh, choreography with a bunch of dogs and This is uh, probably the best song in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 something else. <laughs> no, JJ her character, not well animated. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's like they ran <laughs> out of the budget for her. Because there's a point where the, uh, I, I forget the name of the dog. Uh, this should tell you, like, I can't name a lot of these characters, but yeah. uh, the Bat Midler dog, there's a scene where she's coming down the stairs, and it's clearly CGI, but the animation in that scene is so bad. It is so bad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know what, it feels like that's, this scene was added later. I think so. Like, I would believe it. Or or maybe, or maybe it was like added, like they went back and had to do it, or it was like the first, like when it came back and they got it in the film, they're like, oh, oh, this ain't, this, this isn't working, this doesn't fit with any, something. It's. It feels like because there are times where it gets into sections of animation, and the lines get chunky. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like it's like it feels like it came from a different movie or was animated at a different time or something. Like it wasn't the same team or something. Like because at this point, because things are starting to get like xeroxed and stuff, and, and you know you're getting a lot different style of animation, the lines are getting thinner and thinner on the characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of scenes in this musical number where the Georgette. Lines, That's yeah, the, yes, Georgette. Where the lines are just getting real chunky. And yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, looks like it the, it, if you guys ever see the cartoon The Littles, it kind of looks like that. That kind of like I don't know, like, like later Chuck Jones career style animation. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so um, so yeah, we're home. So you get the Georgette number, and now you're being introduced to the sort of the household, so to speak, which is just the little girl is Jenny is making some food for Oliver, and the butler is on the phone with the parents because um, well, when we're introduced to the girl, she gets the letter from her parents saying we're not going to be home for your recital or whatever. Because they're negligent. Because they're negligent. And he's like, uh, and Butler's like, oh, they'll probably be home for your birthday. And she, she's like, no. Yeah, she's like, why do we fall, Master Wine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, but so yeah, this is the phone call where it's like, yeah, no, everything's going fine. It's all good. Uh, yeah, here's Jenny in this one. So at this point, you get Georgette who stumbles upon all of her in the kitchen. Yeah, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. She goes in there, and you have Bette Midler barking. 
mm-hmm. vaguely upsetting for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, because it wasn't like, because sometimes when they try to do, like, animal noises, they just substitute in actual animal noises. Yeah. Or, or you have, you know, voice actors who are known for animal noises to sit down and make the animal noise for them, you know? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's Bette Miller going bark, bark, bark. Yeah. He's like, mm, I don't like that. <laughs> no, please stop. Yeah. Last time that happens, and that's a good thing. Um, so it, it, it kind of establishes the pecking order of the house where Georgette kind of runs things Yeah, and, and while Jeannie's parents are gone. Yeah, so and she is absolutely upset about this cat being here and tries to get the cat out of there. But then uh, Jenny comes in and it's like, oh, my parents said I get to keep her. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> so, uh, get this whole montage of Jenny just bonding with Oliver. Yeah, while Georgette just keeps living her life, honestly. Didn't really seem like I, I. I doubt she was hanging out with Jenny very often. No, <laughs> no. She doesn't seem like the type of dog that would be just kind of, you know, you know, lay at your feet kind of dog. Well, it's it's this whole thing. Well, her, Georgia has this, her number is about how much other dogs love her and how yeah. she all these suitors, and she is a disturbing looking dog. <laughs> yeah. Like um, how? Or do these? Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Um. Because she looks nothing like Bette Midler, first of all. Yeah. It almost oh. feels like it's like, was this character created at a later date? Like, at, like was or was it character created before the casting? I guess. But like, like it, it looks like it's like, hey, we got Carol Channing to do Georgette. Yeah. Oh, Carol Channing's got to do something else. Well, we got Bette Midler. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Because it looks like Carol Channing. So, uh, So now we're left with the Fagin and his crew, like without Oliver being bummed out about it. Yeah. Who was just there for a day? It's unclear, but yeah, it certainly seems that way. Um, Now they're going to go rescue him from this horrible rich girl. Yeah. I genuinely forget how they find out where he's at. Um, I don't recall. I mean, I absolutely Absolutely do not remember. Uh, Guys, I I have to apologize because Gigi and I, we tried with this movie. We really did. Yeah. If we don't retain a lot of it, it's, we're giving you a broad overview. It's, yeah, yeah. What's the best movie? Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I do not remember at this point. What I do remember is that when they get there, it's, uh, Georgette helps them get rid of Oliver. Right, because she wants his cat out of her house. Wants a cat out of her house. And Tito's putting the moves on Georgette because yeah. of course he is. Of course he is. Um, and Georgette's having none of it. So that's no. why so that's why it's really funny when she suddenly is like all into it. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. As if you couldn't see it coming from a mile away. Um, but uh, yeah they, they they get Oliver back and take him home home, quote, end quote, to their weird hideout that I still am unclear what... Is, is it a barge? I forget. Like, it's, I don't, is, is it a sea train half-submerged in the... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, 
but like Oliver is like I was sort of happy where I was and then Dodger's like oh you're just being ungrateful you little jerk <laughs> but you're too good for our good natured horrible style of life <laughs> and it's like okay you can go then um, but then that's when like Fagin returns and then he sees Oliver is back and then finds that Oliver's name tag that Jenny gave him. And uh, that's when he gets his plan for a ransom note. Because he knows knows the address Oliver's at is a rich area. Yeah. So he's like, ah. And so because she is seemingly an orphan child uh, (laughs) with a butler, that's it. Uh, she goes out on her own to yes. uh, get Oliver back. Is and, uh, and of course before this, Fagin goes to Sykes and says, "Hey, this is my, my play, man." Yeah. yeah, and Sykes is very thrilled by this. It's like you got finally seeing the big picture. Uh, <laughs> so you know, this is cool. also where we get Sykes talking about murdering a guy. Yeah, it's the cement cheese one. And, yeah. yeah, when you get we visit his. Compound? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, whole, it's, it's just a warehouse. Yeah, it's just like like with exposed pipes and stuff. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's like a set design is what's like. There were only two sets that they cared about: the rich person's house and New York. That was yeah. it. Those are the only two things they cared about because everything else is terrible. And like. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, Sykes' compound, and going back, we talk about like how he has no hired muscle aside from his dogs, yeah. but he has like closed caption cameras filming yeah, everything. Yeah, he's got CCTV like, yeah. filming stuff, and he's got a very nice car like with a custom hood ornament with his two dogs on it. <laughs> That's all he's got. Yeah, because you don't really see anything else that gets like... Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. He's a, he's a bad loan shark, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, um, keeps, he keeps giving this guy opportunity after opportunity to screw him over. Uh, so, it's uh, like, hey, this, this derelict and his gang of dogs will make good eventually. Yeah, sooner or later. And if not, I'll kill him and then I'll never get my money. So, <laughs> Profit? Question mark? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is when we meet at the the the, the port. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I every don't... every generic the harbor. Uh, yeah, every generic like uh, uh, drop off point you ever see in a movie where it's like, yeah. okay, you bring you bring the kidnapped person, and I'll bring the briefcase of money, and we'll do a swap. Don't bring the cops, kind of situation. <laughs> meet me at the docks uh, at midnight. <laughs> yeah, it's like every generic. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's when Fagin realizes that this very rich cat owner is just a little girl with a piggy bank. Um, and his conscience gets the better of him. I, I did get a nice little chuckle out of his, like, how is he going to give her Oliver without uh, admitting that he's the one that stole Yeah. Oliver. <laughs> Where he just, like, throws Oliver into a box of... I what could only assume rusty tools and parts. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, look, a cat. And yeah. oh, 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 look, a cat. 
is this your cat? Oh, what a surprise. What a crazy random happenstance. Yeah. Uh, which then turns south because Sykes has been watching this whole time, zooms in, and then kidnaps Jenny. Uh, Sykes and his crazy Oldsmobile just comes and like, I knew you were going to do it. Yeah. T- kidnaps Jenny, uh, tells him your, your debt's been repaid. <laughs> so uh, now it's everyone's off to rescue Jenny. Including Georgette. Including Georgette, who's now all in on this adventure <laughs> with short she, time. Yep. She's uh, uh but yeah, it's like you have them all chasing him on the Brooklyn Bridge, I would assume. Or the G or the GW Bridge. I don't know. Yeah. One or the yeah. other. I, it's got a subway, right? Like Yeah, I've never been to New York, so I can't I can't speak accurately, but all I know is they have the yeah. Steam Grates and the Ghostbusters. They live there. Yeah. All I know is in in the late eighties the Statue of Liberty was animated using pink slime. <laughs> and saves the day. And control with the NES advantage. With an NES advantage controller. Yep. Yep. And then uh, uh, Rick Moranis took full credit for it. Uh, yeah. There you <laughs> go. That's all. That's that's the bulk of my New York understanding. It's New York. That's all you need to know about New York. New York and Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and, and Broadway? Question mark. Cats. <laughs> Cats. Uh, yeah. It's like how, just like how everything I know about Philadelphia, I learned from Rocky. Uh, <laughs> and also, the movie Philadelphia. And the movie Philadelphia. Everything I know about New York, I learned from Power Rangers. Not Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> that, that was Ghostbusters. That was, that was Ghostbusters. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. And Jason Takes Manhattan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I live in California. I live like 120 something miles away from Los Angeles. Listen, I've seen Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. I know how it's. And I just assume every baseball game is Angels in the Outfield. Of course, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ray, Ray Liotta's there being an idiot. <laughs> so see? see, everything's true. Uh, everything's true. Everything you've seen in movies. Uh, I guess. So yeah. my, my area, not particularly uh, well versed in film. I think The Walking Tall remake. Well, so, so JJ lives in the Pacific Northwest, so you know yeah. he's uh, he drinks a lot of coffee. Drinks a lot of coffee. I think he throws oh, fish at tourists. Yeah. He's really into composting. What was the? I'm trying to remember, there was ten things I hate about you, or one of those movies like was filmed in my city, like like. The, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it might have been like the high school that I live a few blocks away from had was used as a major filming spot for that movie so, like, so like 10 year old Jade is like why is six pence on the top of the roof of that high school singing <laughs> kiss me yeah. <laughs> uh, Seattle Seattle area best known for the uh, video game infamous infamous uh, second son or was that the I think Second Son was the PS. Yeah, I will game. defer to you on this one. <laughs> so, uh, so it's uh, relatively accurate. So <laughs> it's so it pretty much like Seattle, just like yeah, yeah, we have the Space Needle, Frazier, and Sean Kemp. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We had a basketball team. That's yeah, <laughs> we had a basketball team. That's our yep. claim, that's our claim to fame. Yeah. And, 
like I said, I live in California, so we just surf all the time. Yeah, surf all the time, and I uh, have wine. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Disneyland. <laughs> we have wine Disneyland. Yeah, if it's not Disneyland, it's wine country. That's <laughs> pretty much or Hollywood. And- yeah, movies and, are being and, made there. People are drinking wine, or people are visiting Disneyland. Those are the only yes. three things happening in all of California. <laughs> we, but also, we, we, constant we, drive-bys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Oak, and then there's Oakland. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, just parts of this city is worse than Oakland. <laughs> I just just felt like I just felt like dunking on. Uh, what used to be the Raiders for a second. Good. I don't know. Where, where are the Raiders at now? Are they Vegas now? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're going to be Vegas. Like, listen, yeah, this we've gone off the beaten path because... Because this movie's ending now and it's terrible. And listen, they save the day. They get the... They, they save Oliver. They all get to live happily ever after. Oliver lives there. Uh, Sykes you know, dies horribly. Sykes, Sykes just gets brutally killed. Uh, <laughs> his limousine gets hit by, or his his Cadillac, or whatever the heck it is, gets hit by the L train or something. Yeah, and you see like what appears to be his flaming corpse hitting, falling into the East well, River. Even, even the even the dogs fall on the third rail and get electrocuted to death. Yeah, like <laughs> like yeah. so, and then Tito starts driving the the car for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is a good joke. Ha ha ha. Dog driving a car. Um, Chances of driving cat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sykes' car uh, just drives right out of the train and just kills him. At, yeah, he gets thrown off of that car and thrown, what I can only assume is the East River because that's about the only thing I could think of for New York that got yeah. out of the water. So I'm just assuming he fell off the Brooklyn Bridge into the East River. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which makes sense, I guess. Uh, and then... Or the Long Island Sound. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. Some body of water. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, anyways, they're saved. You get into uh, Jenny's birthday party where, surprisingly... They trash. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, her parents aren't there. Yeah. Wow. Who could have guessed except for Jenny? <laughs> Even after Sykes calls in and says, "Hey, I have your daughter," well, like, this is where he's on the phone with the butler, right? Yeah, I, yeah, it's because it, that would be who? How would he get there? They don't have say 1988. Do they have? They don't have a cell phone, likely. You know, <laughs> no, but he has the address because he's got Oliver as what as well. Yeah. So how is how are, how would he call his their her parents? Yeah. Like, so he calls the butler. He calls the butler, and the butler. <laughs> Seemingly, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I get, I don't know. It's like, so he's not going to relay that message, like, oh, your dad's been kidnapped by Robert Loja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. The guy from Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also over the top. Yes, that Robert Loja. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so birthday parties, everyone's having food and having a good time. Like we mentioned earlier, the butler and, uh, the homeless man are betting on professional wrestling in the kitchen. Dogs are giving her garbage and uh, uh, as gifts. And then it's time to go. And, yeah. uh, you know, Oliver is staying there. They go about their merry old way. Um, Georgette calls Tito up to her room uh, in 
And Tito's uh, like, yeah! Yeah, Tito, like, it's heavily implied that Tito thinks he's going to get some action. Like, yeah. it's very upsetting for a Disney movie. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to no. picture this. No. Uh, but then it's, then it's just her wanting to give him a makeover, so he eventually rushes out of the house dressed in a sailor suit like Donald Duck, essentially. <laughs> Um, and Dodger says, "Hey, keep a touch, Oliver." Yeah, we'll save a, we'll save a uh, spot in the gang for you. You're like vice president of the East chapter or something. Like, yeah. and, and Oliver's like, "Yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm never, never gonna, see, unless you come here, I ain't never yeah. seeing you guys again." Yeah. So uh, it's like it's like Oliver's doing the whole like Let's keep a touch after high school. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're totally yeah. gonna. Yeah. It's like Facebook doesn't exist when I keep it in touch. So, <laughs> it's, uh, so you think like, oh, of course she's going to adopt all the animals, right? Yeah. No. Because what would that? Well, also that would be incredibly depressing for Fagin. Because what the hell? What, what does he get? <laughs> she keeps all the animals. He gets nothing. He so, has his ejector chair. Yeah, yeah. He he just lives gets to live homeless in an old barge under the. Doc with no debt, at least now. <laughs> he's living. He's living in a cave full yeah. of like of broken Garfield phones. Yeah. So, yeah. So at least Fagin gets to keep his gets to keep his animals. Yeah. Uh, it, this ends very like like it deviates from Oliver Twist. <laughs> You're just like, well, right, yeah, well. because because the artful Dodger and Oliver Twist twist spoiler alert, goes to jail. Yes. As the artful Dodger should, he's yes. <laughs> so, so um, this movie, much as it begins, ends kind of unsatisfactory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Oliver gets to live happily ever after while the rest of this group that ends on a song. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the, oh, a, a reprise of "Why Should I Worry." Yes, um, yeah. So that's the uh, that's the end of that. That's the end of this movie. Never to be watched again. <laughs> I, I foolishly bought the Blu-ray for this, JJ. I, I, I'm pretty sure I warned you. <laughs> I, I'm almost positive you did, but I had to know. <laughs> you could have probably just, you probably could have just gone to the uh, library and gotten it for free for a little. I probably bit. should have done that. <laughs> it's not but, like it's not like last week where last week's movie was like this sort of obscure movie that I think is well rewatchable. Like, yeah. Well, here's the kick in the, here's the kick in the butt for me, JJ. Yeah. So I bought Oliver and company and great mouse detective a couple weeks ago at yeah. FYE. Yeah. And they were both listed at the same price. <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh, actually this one's $5 off right now, which was a great mouse detective. Like, Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Why was that one cheaper? <laughs> that was such a better movie. Um, so this movie uh, is the first one that was fully started under production of uh, Michael Eisner. Like yep. the other movies that have come out before this had already previously been in production um, before Eisner took over with Katzenberg. Um, this is the first one that was uh, um, produced under that team, under this authority. Um, Eisner had an interesting way of coming up with ideas for these films. Um, I know what you're going to talk about. They used 
he he brought in all of the animators and basically made them all pitch in just like you know five words or less an idea for a movie and like this one was like pitched as like oliver twist with dogs that was the pitch for this one <laughs> it was like this like stupid gong show of how to do yeah. things and so that was it was it was oliver twist with dogs um uh and a katzenberg had previously wanted to do an Oliver Twist movie. Mm. So he was like, yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> so, so, and if Katzenberg's excited about it, you know, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Um, there were, so, huh, two movies, so of the movies that were pitched, I think three of them ended up um, being made. Uh, one of them much later than the rest. Because you would have one of them pitched was Oliver Twist with Dogs, another one pitched was The Little Mermaid, and the other one pitched was What About Treasure Island in Space. Um, so one of those movies is good. So nobody said What about Hamlet? Nick is a big fan of um, um, uh, Treasure Planet. Just, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, I love it. So yeah, and this but, one was this one was a story artist pitched one for all of them. Yeah, dogs, so, and it's uh, Pete Young was sort of one. Uh, that, that, kind of, that kind of makes sense, JJ, because somebody would say like, "What about Hamlet with lions?" Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it works clearly. Um, so when this movie started its production, it was actually called Oliver and the Dodger. Uh, which, had Tommy Lasorda in it. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, the initial uh, story of this started off with the two Dobermans killing Oliver's parents. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah, um, and it's like Oliver wants to have revenge. Like that's how do you say Oliver Twist with dogs and then get that? <laughs> That's that's called it Oliver Twist, JJ. Yeah, it's Oliver Twist with dogs. It's a revenge story. Like, yes, it's Death Wish, but <laughs> <laughs> what about Oliver Twist with dogs? But it's a revenge fantasy. It's 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 reverse John Wick. What if John Wick was killed and the dog yes. goes out on a murder spree? <laughs> so, oh, it takes place in New York. So so Oliver's Frank Castle. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It's the Punisher. Uh, um, like, yeah. So that's that's how this movie started its life. Um, no, I, I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> I can't JJ. imagine like this, like how it goes from cats to for, from dogs to cats, but because it doesn't really go from because it doesn't go from dogs. To, it just replaces Oliver from a dog to a cat you know yeah. and like the rest of the cast is dogs so it's still oliver twist with dogs you were you're uh was there so you talk about how last week they wanted to have madonna and michael jackson and great mouse detective was there yeah. any weird casting with this one or no like um, like eisner pitched or i i i i don't remember anything in particular i think there was music stuff um but um, but I also think 
Um, no, because he got everything because he wanted that Huey Lewis song in there and he got it. So, yeah, there really wasn't anything. It's, it's the weakest song in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. Um, so you you end up getting. Um, I, I remember one hearing one story where um, Roy Disney had the idea that Fagin should try to steal a panda from the zoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as like that was like his like what was it he was uh yeah it was just like that was his way to make money like that was his subplot like well like he's try how about he tries to steal a rare panda from the zoo to get get you know hold it for ransom or something and like the, the artists are like or the writers are like I don't think we're gonna do that. <laughs> so he's most as slack. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roy was very much cut from the same cloth as his dad, more than he was Walt. So <laughs> he's a great guy, and he did a lot for the studio. But maybe creating storylines wasn't necessary. <laughs> Uh, what if he just goes to the Smithsonian and tries to steal Fonzie's jacket hold it for ransom? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was like another one where it's like, well, how about uh, uh, how about instead Oliver is a rare cat worth a lot of money? Like with another See, pitch. That would make sense. That makes more sense. Like, yeah. like that way he holds the cat. Like once he gets the cat back, he can hold the cat ransom. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it's still but this not. Is another, this is another, you know, uh, uh, you know, caps, uh, computer animated program system movie yeah. that they first started using with Black Cauldron and the Great Mouse Detective. So, um, eleven minutes of this movie is uh, computer generated, which the, is pretty uh, impressive. The uh, the number with Georgette. Um, it's like bits like the skyscrapers, right? The, the and every vehicle is CG. Okay. That final chase is CG. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you know now you have like the Renaissance era, um, animators involved in the making of this one. So, you know, this you're moving like- on. You're you're hitting by by the time you hit the next movie is where it's the sort of renaissance quote end quote I, I keep doing hand gestures but it, it's it, this is, it doesn't work for audio uh if, <laughs> audio I mean, if you're watching on, if you're watching on youtube god bless you yeah yeah, so I, I, yeah it's the uh, the unlisted uh, <laughs> the secret live video feeds the unedited uh, video feeds are all here for you to hunt down at some point but, uh, but the uh so will this be like where they kind of cut their teeth really on this movie? Like yeah. here, just, just, you know, just go for it. Uh, <laughs> you mess up. Go ahead. Billy Joel says the reason he took this movie, uh, was because he had just had his daughter. Right. And it was just sort of like something he could, his exact words, words were, uh, it was a way to do something that my little girl could see that she could relate to right away. So mm-hmm. it just sort of, you know, it was a, something that you know get her, him playing his music for her 
probably means far less than playing a right. movie for her that he's in. Oh, sure. So, I mean, it's like it's like the whole uh, Frank Langella Skeletor thing. Like, I took it because my son was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie came out November eighteenth, nineteen eighty eight. What is significant about that date? November 18, 1988. Uh, I don't know. It is the 60th anniversary of Steamboat Willie. Wow. So this movie was paired with Steamboat Willie. Uh, <laughs> Probably the only way you could really watch Steamboat Willie at the time was to go to Oliver and see it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, 60th anniversary. Steve came out the exact 60th anniversary. I'm trying to think of... I know Bambi was re-released this year, and I feel like there was another one that we'll get to later. Um, um, I know Bambi was released this year, and another movie was for sure. Was was the original Rescuers released this year? No. Okay. I, it was like, something. We'll get to it in a second. When we get to my notes, we can get to that. Okay. True. Um, it also has. Uh, it also came out the same day, um, unfortunately, as a much bigger animated film, Land Before uh, Time. It came out the exact same day as Land Before Time, which. Uh, Mm. <laughs> yeah, ended up beating Oliver and Company. Um, you know, pretty steadily. It wasn't Disney was you know at the time wasn't considered the the cream of the crop anymore. No. Um, and then you have Don Bluth starting his own sort of side business here, making his own movies. You get Land Before Time, opening at number one. You know. <laughs> thing um yeah. and eventually I'm, eventually oliver and company like overall outgrossed land before time but you know that initially opening, that the initial runs are important and because um, if you ask uh if you ask more people most people who grew up in that period like you know if you could see a kid's movie in 1988 would it be yeah land before time was <laughs> yeah hot if you the, the bigger e- extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah. By a long shot. Um, well, and, and if I recall correctly, um, Disney <laughs> re-released this movie later on against All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. <laughs> so uh, they, they ended up, uh, you know, getting a comeback, so to speak, in a way, so... Uh, now, was this uh, when was this first released in VHS? Ninety six, I believe. Ninety six. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. That, that that's kind of a decent chunk of time. Yeah, yeah, it was a significant amount of time. Uh, yeah, VHS and Laserdisc in September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six, and it was okay. not a very big release. Um, it was. Uh, one of their most requested movies for home release. Um, which I could only assume comes from the fact that it was also probably one of the most marketed movies they had. And so, also, like, maybe people just, if you hadn't seen it in theaters, then you probably, you, you know. Yeah. You, you, or you or you heard it often talked about, like, well, I want to see what this movie is like. Yeah. Probably the same reason I bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. It's, um... So the, the we were talking about <laughs> marketing wise, this movie um, had um, Kodak, Doctor Scholl's, Sony, Diet Coke, Tab, McDonald's, Yamaha, 
Ryder, USA Today, and a couple of car manufacturers, like as their like in the movie, which was you know Disney had never done that before. It's the first time I ever did it. They, they're saying it was done for um, to be more realistic for more realistic New York. <laughs> I'm sure it also offset some of the cost of the movie too. It doesn't. Like they they make the play that it wouldn't be, but it would, like they didn't really pay a whole lot for advertising or anything. But that just yeah. I, I don't believe that. And it was it was Sears had promotional mm-hmm. lines, right? Um, where you could get puppets. For the film, like and yeah, things like that. I no, that was no McDonald's had finger puppet Happy Meal toys. Yes, and, and Christmas ornaments. Most famously, the Christmas ornaments. Christmas. Yes, and when it was re-released, Burger King had uh, promotional stuff for <laughs> the movie, which I showed you a picture of. And yes, it's all absolutely terrible. It's like Burger King's already the second tier <laughs> burger place. Yeah. Um, so you get so you, so you get the second run of Oliver Company. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like major major stuff. Uh, apparently, this movie was released by Warner Brothers in the UK. I. I got That's one. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand any of that. Non, I don't understand how that stuff usually works, but at the same time, I guess I could understand it in some ways. We get to some weirdness um, with the format of this because in the U.S., Dinosaur is considered one of the you know classics of the movie studio, quote unquote classics. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to Europe, it's not. Uh, it's not part of that lineage. Instead, it's replaced by Into the Wild or like The Wild or one of those. I forget what it's called exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it gets weird. Some of this stuff gets weird. And like, I feel like there's probably some sort of licensing thing that we never fully understand or know anything about. Um, uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was a thing where Disney was just didn't want to put their name on it. <laughs> just like, well, I mean, it was still a Disney movie. It was just distributed by Warner Brothers. Just not okay. whatever their uh, Buena Vista, probably at the time, um, would have been the distribution arm for video and theatrical stuff. Or Touchdown or whoever. Yeah. Um, relatively well received. Not, um, you know, blowing the doors off of any places, but like, you know, people liked it. Um, uh, Gene Siskel gave it a thumbs down. Um, uh, Roger Ebert reluctantly gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> a mar- a, if I remember reading the uh, the review, uh, the synopsis, it was a marginal thumbs up. <laughs> that sounds like, eh, everyone's pretty much everyone's like it really can't compete with classic Disney stuff, but it's still a fun movie. And like for a kid, this in particular could be a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really just another talking dog movie. I mean, like it's a thing that's been done a million times and will have been done a million times over. Uh, so 
I, I think a lot of my problem with this movie, and I told you, like, I don't like super New York sounding New York things. Yeah. But also, like, it's. I remember 1988. You know, like, I don't. <laughs> I don't think recent history, or like, or like Disney movies that try to take place in the present, they don't. They don't hold up as well, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. What, Disney movies, when they try to be contemporary, tend to uh, fall on deaf ears because they try to lean too heavy into, like, commercial contemporary. Right. As opposed to, like, making it feel contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, throwing in a bunch of references and sort of modern-day things you know, isn't what makes something contemporary. Just having it set in the time frame when you're filming it makes it feel contemporary. When yeah. you, you, know, you can't go out of your way to make it, like, you just, like, it feels like they go out of their way to say, it's 1988, see? Because you have to create everything by hand. Yeah, You can't just go out on the streets and start filming and have the billboards be what the billboards are. And, right. you know, having the cars being what the cars are out in the middle of New York. Just go to a car lot, rent a bunch of cars for the day, and you have, you know, an accurate 1988 New York landscape, you know, or whatever. You have to hand create everything and kind of lean too heavy into like, it's Billy Joel. What's more 1988 than Billy Joel? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing like, where, like, you know, like how we had great mouse detective. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the, it's, you know, it's a turn of the century, but it, those kind of movies feel more evergreen. Yeah. You know, where you're far enough removed from them where you're like, okay, it's fine. let's just get to the like you know no video games no theme park stuff there's you know there's no ride there's there were characters because everything has characters but there's no like there's no like all of there's like new york themed area set 1988 (laughs) (laughs) like i stepped in poop welcome yeah but um 1988 disney the biggest thing happened at Disney in 1988. Something that helped save Disney in so many ways is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. Which is, you know, this massive success for the studio. Second highest grossing movie of the year. And with some some of the most uh, phenomenal, even to this day, the animation of that movie is kind of second to none. Yeah. A a movie that I would rather be talking about, (laughs) to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, so, how about we top ten movies of 1988? Okay, let's do it. Number one, Rain Man. Roger Rabbit. Rain Man, okay. Rain Man was number one. Roger Rabbit is number two. Okay. Coming to America is number three. Okay. Big is number four. All right. Twins is number five. Oh, it's, it's a dark period. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee 2. Why? Wait, what? Six. <laughs> Uh-huh. Die Hard is number seven. So keep think of that for a minute where Twins and Crocodile Dundee made more money in the year it was released than Die Hard. What? Oh. Number eight, The Naked Gun. Okay. Number nine, Cocktail. And number okay. Ten, and number 10, Beetlejuice. So that's your top 10. Wait, hold up. <laughs> How is okay? I get Roger Rabbit being number two. Yeah, and even Rain Man. Rain Man was the number one. Yeah. That, was, that was a huge movie. It won the Academy Award that year. Um, and, and, 
and I love and I love Die Hard. But yes. how is Beetlejuice at the bottom of that list? Out of everything, how does how does Twins beat Beetlejuice at the box office? I don't get it. Crowd, like Crocodile Dundee two, you can vaguely understand, you know, so many ways. Like, okay, I get it. Crocodile Dundee was a big movie, and people were really right. Loved it. So people would have been excited for the sequel to Crocodile Dundee, regardless of. Um, uh, quality uh, people would have gone to see Crocodile Dundee too. Um, yeah. Coming to America, even like yeah, all that's right. That's a great. That's a great movie. It's a great comedy. Uh, Big is at least you know still a, rel- a relatively popular movie to this day. But by the way, also has Robert Loggia in it. It takes place in 1980s New York, but somehow, good movie. <laughs> um, Die Hard taking place in. The- <laughs> But still, a good movie, and one that people like to claim was their favorite Christmas movie. Which, if you, if, if if Die Hard's your favorite Christmas movie, please reexamine your life. You know, Naked Gun is a classic. A, a, I I will never get tired of the Naked Gun. No, and that being in the top ten makes me happy. I didn't yeah. actually, I didn't realize that would have been the case. Especially considering some of the other movies that came out this year, like that being in the top ten is really cool. Um, it's you know cocktail, okay. Uh, you know Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is a thing. Tom Cruise was a big popular thing at the time, so that makes Beetlejuice uh, top ten. I feel like that should be up there more. I feel like more people. Yeah. No. I mean, you think about the movies on that list. Beetlejuice yeah. probably holds up better. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides Roger Rabbit, maybe holds yeah. up better than than most of the movies on that list. Yeah, because well, Beetlejuice, you know, it's just like, and, and we're into the um, we're into the eighties, so you also get two of our favorite genres. Uh, uh, is it we're in the peak of like two of our favorite genres, which is uh, action, bad, which is bad nineteen eighties slasher films and bad nineteen yep. eighties action films. Um. I love both those things. Action Jackson, 1988. Awesome. How do you like your ribs? <laughs> Bloodsport, 1988. Awesome movie. Yeah. Um, the Fox and the Hound was re-released this year. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else we got. Brain Damage, which is a classic horror film. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see what else we got. Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Critters oh, 2, the main course. I absolutely love Crit- <laughs> Critters franchise. Uh, Dead Heat. <laughs> oh, that's Arnold. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> oh, Joe Piscopo. Oh, I'm, like, I'm thinking of Red Heat. Sorry. I'm thinking of Red Heat, yeah. Friday the 13th, uh, Part 7, The New Blood. Is that the one with Corey Haim in it? Uh, it's the first Kane Hodder one. I don't think it's the Corey Haim one. Um, oh, Maniac Cop. <laughs> oh, that movie. <laughs> Willow. That's a good movie. That's a legitimately good movie. Uh, so Crocodile Dundee 2 was released on the same day as Rambo 3. I would rather see Crocodile Dundee the third Rambo. 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Classic. Big and Funny Farm came out on the same day. Bull Durham. I love Bull Durham. Red Heat. <laughs> there we go. Red Heat. Uh, Short Circuit 2. Oh, my Lord. Arthur 2 on the Rocks. Classic. No, Bambi. that oh. Bambi re-release came out the same day as Die Hard and A Fish Called Wanda. I love A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> John Cleese is... Uh... Uh, that movie's that movie's fantastic. Yeah, Midnight Run, Big Top Pee Wee. I love I love Midnight Run. You're about to say I love Big Top Pee Wee, and you're about to say no wait, I didn't mean that. No way, no no. I love Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> Caddyshack too. So you know why? Oh, good oh. Lord. Uh, George Romero classic, Monkey Shines. <laughs> Oh, like that. That's kind of like his under the radar one. But I remember seeing the poster for that movie and scaring the hell out of me. Just the terrifying symbol clashing monkey. Yeah. Yeah. The blood. Yeah. The Blob remake came out in 1988. A really graphic version of the Blob, too. Yeah. The Last Temptation of Christ released also on the same day as Tucker. The Man in His Dream, which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie that I love about the auto manufacturer, uh, Tucker. Young yeah. Guns. Uh, and, you know what? Young Guns is a good movie. And uh, s- speaking of McDonald's tie-ins, mm-hmm. Mac, and Mac and Me. me. Yeah. <laughs> what if we, what if, you know, you know, you know, you know what Reese's did for E.T., right? Yeah. What if we just make our own movie? <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, Eight Men Out came out this year, which is a great okay. movie. Yes, uh, it is. Gorillas in the Mist. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, let's see. There, I saw Pumpkinhead on here. Yeah, there's Pumpkinhead. And was How- Pumpkinhead? Is Pumpkinhead Pumpkin- what? Was Pumpkinhead was 88? Pumpkinhead's 1988. What? Just days before Halloween 4 came out, the return of Michael Myers. Oh, when they introduced his niece. Yeah. Mystic Pizza, personal favorite of my mom. Okay. (laughs) They Live, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. (laughs) Uh, It is. That movie is. Have you ever seen They, They Live, folks? Don't watch Oliver Company. Watch They Live. Watch Watch They Live, and actually, if you just you're like, oh, this is a stupid science fiction movie. Fine, just watch the fight scene. <laughs> Child's Play, the first Child's Play, came out in eighty eight. Okay. There you go. Uh, Christmas classic, Ernest Saves Christmas. And <laughs> uh, Cocoon: The Return. They missed. Screwed. Oh, okay, Dirty, so... Dirty Rotten I, Scoundrel. Are you going to say something about Scrooge? I am going to say something about Scrooge. For years, Christmas Story was my favorite Christmas film. I've determined now that Scrooge is a far better Christmas film. There you go. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels came out in 1988, which if you haven't seen, you should. It's by Frank Oz, and it stars Steve Martin and Michael Caine as grifters, and it is still hilarious now. Is it, is it, it is... It's underrated. It, it is. I don't forgot. It's on, by the way, if you have Amazon Prime, it's on there right now for free. Go watch yeah, it. I'd watch it right now. Yeah. It's yeah. a great movie. It's funny. It's got some, it's got some like easily quotable lines. There's a few mm-hmm. that 
stick with you that you will use on a regular basis, even. Or you will never ask you will never ask somebody to go to the bathroom the same ever again. <laughs> um, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Uh, Keenan well, so Ivory classic. A a pair a great parody film. Yeah, Dangerous Liaisons. Um, and uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser two. So you know, 1988, uh, kind of everywhere for film. <laughs> yeah, it's it was kind of like trying to figure itself out. Sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, because so many of those that you rattle off still hold substantial relevance today. Yeah. Um, and even if you look at the top 10 highest grossing movies, you know, most of them we're all fully aware of still. Even right. if something as terrible as Twins, you know, probably the, probably the one that has like least sort of like pop culture significance is Cocktail and even that is still like to a certain age group is, you know, something. So, my, my wife unapologetically loves cocktail and can <laughs> quote lines from that movie. Nice. Uh, so Rain Man just cleaned up the Academy Awards this year. Along, like best picture Rain Man, best director Rain Man, best actor Rain Man, best actress was Jodie Foster for the accused. Best supporting actor was Kevin Klein and a fish called Wanda. Best supporting actress is Gina Davis and the accidental tourist. So um, it's come up before, and I guess I should say it since I've got it on my mind of why we never talk about the Academy Awards with Disney. (laughs) Um, Best animated film didn't become a category until 2001. So there's kind of, unless it's a song, there's kind of nothing to talk about. Beauty and the Beast comes up will come up because it's the first cartoon to be nominated for best picture. What? And I forget what it lost to. What was the Academy Awards of 1992? Yeah. I know. I know that's like episode thing, you know, let's let's save that for 1992. We can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, you know, yeah, and even then, by the time that category becomes an official category, it uh, Disney doesn't win their first Best Picture uh, Academy Award animated film until 2013. So, <laughs> like, you know, Pixar is its own, like, it's not this studio. Right. Um, it, it's a Disney studio, but it's also its own separate studio. So, like, Disney proper doesn't win Best Animated Picture Academy Award until 2013. So we have a ways to go until we talk about that stuff. But you get music and, you know, Beauty and the Beast and stuff. But, you know, other than that, it, you know, especially if you're Disney, you know, you're only going to have a couple of minor things, mostly music, Best Original Scores and things like that. So, And keep in mind, Walt's Oscar for Seven, seven Dwarves was honorary. Yeah, and you most most of the Academy Awards are honorary, so they're kind of just, you know, are what they are. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, should we uh, should we rank this bass, JJ? I guess we should rank and bass this thing. Um, I let you go first this week. I go first this week because you need to think about it a little more. Yes, <laughs> I need. Well, I go first every week, and I feel like uh, you're the host. I'm the I'm your guest this week. You go first. 
let's uh let's vamp for a second because my laptop just apparently needs to uh reboot everything. Vamp. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. yeah, of all the movies in that list, if you said like if you could watch one of those movies right now, it would probably be Beetlejuice followed by all uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I, I mean I, it's a crossover between Looney Tunes and Disney. I would probably, as much as I absolutely love Beetlejuice, I would honestly probably go, I I would personally choose uh, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like genuinely, like everything about it's charming and, you know, like the acting in it is so well done. It's like over the top where it needs to be and subdued where it needs to be and it's absolutely perfect. It, uh, it, it, I, I didn't realize it until I watched it, like, as an adult, like, oh, I should have been watching some of this movie as a kid. <laughs> it's partially inappropriate in parts. Yeah. Yeah. The, partially. The, pa- yeah. the, oh. the patty cake scene. <laughs> that, that damn shoe that gets killed. <laughs> yeah. No, that was terrifying to me. Like, still, yeah. like, that whole, um, Judge Doom scene, like where he turns into a cartoon. Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, and I talked just what? Oh boy, you spiked it right there. Thank there you. we go, getting the red. But hot, uh, hot mic, hot yeah, mic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to, to people with headphones. We'd like to apologize for. Sorry. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like. Is that the reason that um, without Roger Rabbit, would there be a Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> Boy, that's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they go, you know what, Bob Hoskins? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure his acting in it is why they offered him the role. Yeah. I doubt that's why he um, um Hook the role. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's an easy role to accept when you have like a, a younger person talking in your ear, like Super Mario Brothers is big. You should probably get on this. This is you probably, probably do this. Yeah, it's not like it's um, Jack who was like, you know, or, not, or um, Sean Connery in particular, like yeah. rejects the Lord of the Rings because he didn't get it, and then he gets the Lord of or the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen script, and he didn't get it, and he was like. Well, I guess I better accept this because I didn't get Lord of the Rings either, and that turned out to be the biggest mistake of my career. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's why he retired. Yeah, and then he was. Then I think the only thing after that was some obscure Scottish uh, animated voiceover stuff. And then yep, that's it. He uh, wait, did he? No, that's right. That would have been like the last thing he did. Because yeah. I know, like, they're... okay. So my two favorite Bob Hoskins movies, real quick, JJ. Oh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Hook. Hook. Hook is... I, we need to talk about Hook. We just need to do like a, a companion piece to... Peter Pan. Pan. which you weren't here for, so get you finally on the hook for a Peter Pan episode. Ha ha, jokes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would rather watch Hook than Peter Pan. Hook, it's yeah. Weird. No, Hook, Peter Pan's really good. I know, but there's just parts of Hook, man. I know, Peter, Hook's very good, but... It's taken after Robin Williams passed away. It took on more of a, you know, a, a, a place in my heart for me. 
Okay, we're back All in right. here. All right, so the JJ list. Yep. Uh, do I like it more or less than the Jungle Book? I want to guess less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good guess. A good guess. I, I know it's a, my new number one favorite movie. No. <laughs> I know it's a squeaker there, but yeah. uh, I like it less than Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Less than Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Less than Cinderella. Yeah. Less than Snow White. Yeah. Less I'm than waiting. Less than Peter Pan. Right. Less than Robin Hood. Yep. Less than the Black Cauld- Great Mouse Detective. Mm-hmm. Less than the Brat Cauldron. Less than 101 Dalmatians. Less than the Rescuers. Mm-hmm. Less than the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Less than Lady and the Tramp. Okay. But more than Sleeping Beauty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. I was like, what? Less than Sleeping Beauty. Oh, boy. I didn't realize it was going to be as low as it is, but here we go. Uh, yeah. Less than Pinocchio. Less than Alice in Wonderland. Less than Dumbo. Less than Ichabod. But I like it more than Fun and Fancy Free. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Oliver. There we go. So I really wasn't expecting it to be as low as it was, but after you start looking at it, you're like, hmm, yeah, I really didn't like this as much as that stuff. Where's so, that for you? Let me recount my nonsense here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 18 and it's not going to stay there. <laughs> um, so for you, do you want me to just start skipping to where I think is not? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I want to I do the whole thing. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, it's worse than Robin Hood. Jungle Book. It's worse than Jungle Book. Sword in the Stone. It's worse than Sword in the Stone. Many Adventures in Winnie the Pooh. Worse than Pooh. Dumbo. Worse than Dumbo. Fantasia. Worse than Fantasia. The Great Mouse Detective. Worse than The Great Mouse Detective. The Black Cauldron. Worse than Black Cauldron. Cinderella. Cinderella. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Worse. The Rescuers. Worse. The Aristocats. Worse. 101 Dalmatians. Not as good. <laughs> uh, Lady in the Tramp. Not as good. Sleeping Beauty. Worse. Peter Pan. Worse. Alice in Wonderland. Worse. Fun and Fancy Free. Worse. Pinocchio. Worse. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Worse. Bambi. Worse. Melody Time. Worse. Three Caballeros. It's better than Three Caballeros. <laughs> there we go. You're like, you're like, why did you let me start the middle, you jerk? <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple in the middle where you where you gave me gave a pause, and I'm like, well, no, actually, my audio was cutting out, so I was trying to like. Yeah. So you are at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 
12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about where it belongs for now. The only movies that it is better as on your list is uh, Three Caballeros, Fox and the Hound, and Saludos Amigos. I mean, it hits a lot of the same wrong notes as Fox and the Hound, but it does it, it, does it better. And I think the music helped because if it weren't for the music in this movie, it'd be a little bit lower. Yeah. Yeah. I hmm. So there we go. Well, I, I was disappointed, JJ. It was yeah. I warned you. I warned you. No, um, I just I need I needed to know. <laughs> you didn't need to buy it to know it. You just <laughs> eh, now you own it. Now, maybe, like me, you own it forever. <laughs> well, maybe maybe my children will like it, or I don't know. I'll give it. I'll have a white elephant gift to give somebody. That <laughs> your kids are just a huge fan of nineteen eighty eight era Billy Joel. And it just really works out in the end. <laughs> I I, ha- I have a son who's really into heavyweights, so who knows anymore? <laughs> so that's it for this week. Another one in the can. Next week, we're jumping straight into the very next year, almost to the day, 1989, mm-hmm. with uh, the biggest release we've actually had probably in a while on this show. Yeah. Uh, the ki- real the real kickoff to the Disney Renaissance era. It's the Little Mermaid. Um, very recently re-released on home video. They just released it in 4K, <laughs> uh, which is how I will be watching it because, of course, I have the 4K version of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> a little movie called Little Mermaid. So, just a little tiny one. It. Uh... <laughs> And after Little Mermaid, we're going to take a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break. A little, little literal vacation. Yeah, little vacation. We might do something special. Uh, that's JJ's call, but we'll we'll figure that out. It's the plan, but, you know. No so, promises. So there may be a one-week break. There may not be. Who knows? We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see wait, how many corn dogs uh, I've eaten, and then we'll get back to you. <laughs> But until then, uh, ne- next week is The Little Mermaid. Um, so that's an exciting one. That's a big one. It's a really big one. And it's like the, it's like the one where like, oh, I actually own this now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in an era where everything is going to be very readily available. Yeah. Uh, so, yay. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, can't wait. But until next week, have a magical day. Bye.